Do you love to talk about rescue dogs almost too much? Us too. This is why I created a space where we can celebrate it. This podcast is for those who are passionate about rescue because dogs, whether they're a foster or a new member of your family, they rescue us right back. Each week, we invite a member of the dog rescue community to talk about their passion for rescue dogs and how their life has never been the same. This is Rescue Dog Love, a rescue community podcast. I'm Yamini, and this is my first rescue, Bus. Hello, dog lovers of the internet. Welcome back to the Rescue Dog Love podcast. I'm wishing the best for all of you and that you're enjoying the last leg of summer. Whatever you're doing, whether that's getting some last bit of swimming in, camping, cottaging, I hope you're doing it with your dogs and having a great time with them. It's definitely the best time to bond. Today's guest is Hanbi from The Raw Storm. One of the earliest raw food accounts I followed when I started my raw food journey with my dogs. Hanbi might just be heading to university now, but since a young age, she's built a platform all based on science, research, and factual information to help your dog eat better and therefore hopefully live better. We talk all things fresh food on how to incorporate into any type of food you're feeding your dog. So we talk cable toppers, half and half, and of course we talk a ton about raw, the benefits, and more. Um, it's a great episode. Hanvi is so sweet and a wealth of knowledge. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I did. If you do, please give us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. Thanks for your support and see you next time. Hi, Hanbi. Welcome to the Rescue Dog Love Podcast. Hello, Yamini. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I'm excited to have you on too. Um, I've done a few episodes on Rod. I'm just so excited to dive back into this topic because it's something I'm personally passionate about with my dogs and I know a lot of my listeners are too. Yeah, it's such a topic that can pertain to so many aspects of the dog community. And just spreading the word to as many dog owners as they can is what I'm here to do. <laughs> all right. So before we get into all the nitty gritty, I definitely want to learn a little bit more about the inspiration behind your account. So Miss Dog Lover, why don't we chat about your baby Stormy? The inspiration and the whole reason behind my platform is my baby girl, Stormy. She is a eight-year-old now, so she's a little miss old lady. She's a German Shepherd uh, Blue Healer mix. And we got her, I want to say when she was about four or five months old. She was definitely a puppy, but she was literally picked off the street, so we're not entirely sure her age at that point but we recently did an embark test and my breed guess was right so she is definitely german shepherd blue healer mix interesting i would have thought some husky in there or something yeah but, I've yeah catahoula before or Dutch yeah shepherd and i see it but uh, <laughs> the test doesn't lie i'm waiting for results for queenie my second dog to get her dna test back and i am very excited it's like so much fun yeah. and they keep sending you i don't know if you've gotten them but they send you like progress emails so you're just like yeah you get little like kicks of uh dopamine every single time they come in you're like i want to see it now a hundred percent i got the last one that's like it's gonna be two three weeks maybe we'll send you an update i'm like okay i would love to hear your rescue story with stormy okay yeah so i was living in the valley texas which is way down south i'm in dallas currently and this is back when I used to ride horses, so I was at a barn there, and they had a couple of strays. Actually, her rescue story is kind of sad, but uh, rewind, the barn dog had gotten pregnant because 
just accident, whatever. And I was going to take home one of the puppies, and he was a run of the litter, and his name was Arrow, and I was like 11, and I was begging my parents for a dog because we had had other dogs in the past, but they just didn't work out with our family structure. And so I finally convinced them, but unfortunately, you know, it was a backyard breeding puppy, so he had died of a seizure attack, and we put him down, uh, euthanized him, just he wouldn't have had a quality of life. Of course, I was heartbroken, and then the barn owner was like, you could take home one of his brothers, of course, because they're just like this 11-year-old girl bawling because she just had to put a puppy down. Brothers, yeah. All the riders there, you know, what are they going to do with, like, six puppies? So all the riders were taking them home, and everybody's getting new puppies, and I'm like, die. Oh, my goodness. It was traumatic. But anyway. No kidding. Up. I mean, you're, like, 11. <laughs> I can't even. But it ended happily because one day, so I was going to take his brother home, and then one day, Stormy was picked up by the barn owner's son. And I I saw her, and immediately I was like, I want to take this dog home instead. Can I do that? And she's like, yeah, you can pick whatever dog you want. I was just so, I was immediately drawn to her much more than I was his brother because it was kind of like, I still want a dog, but... I mean, I'll just take any dog I can get at this point. But once I saw Stormy, the day I met her, I was like, oh my god, this dog. Yes, 100%. And so we took her home. And the rest is history. She has literally been the best dog ever. She is just perfect, so sweet, very sassy, but merges perfectly with her house family dynamic and has just been a wonderful addition to my life. That's wonderful. And I love anybody who just has stories with their dog that they've been together like their entire lifetimes, basically. Like you were a little kid too. You were a little puppy and you got a puppy. (laughs) What is she like? Let's hear about a bit about her personality. She's very sassy and very independent and very opinionated. She's very sweet though. She's very melty and appeasy. If you meet her, she'll just melt on the ground and roll on her back and be like, I love you, but appeasy. <laughs> I used to work at a dog training center and all the dog trainers, they would like lay on the floor with her and she just appease and lay down and if she's not getting pets or doing chasing rabbits in the backyard she's sleeping she sleeps so freaking much and i joke that she has sleep apnea because she snores so freaking loud oh my goodness the other day i woke up at like 4 a.m because i was thirsty or something and i went back and i recorded it and it was she could be like a movie sound snorer my goodness all right let's get into your account the raw storm on instagram i assume that's like the first platform that like kind of like took off for you Mm -hmm. yes how did it start when did you start maybe like documenting stormy contrary to what most people believe stormy has not been fed raw her whole life and that's something try to share and get out there as frequently as possible because some people they get intimidated i didn't start since i was a puppy am i gonna be able to do it now she started on a raw diet when she was adult, around, I want to say, three or four. Instagram was one of the main places that I was looking for inspiration of other people, of how they feed and, you know, all the pretty Instagram aesthetic bowls. And I was following people, following people, following people. And then once I started my raw journey, I was like, 
I want to make aesthetic bowls too. So of course I was showing pictures. I wake up like every day before school, take a little picture on the backyard on the rocks and I post it. And that is how the account started. It was just kind of like, I want to be a cool raw feeder too, an aesthetic Instagram raw feeder. So that's where it started. And then it evolved more into my educational platform as it's honestly kind of a way that I teach myself through teaching others. As I was getting to more of the logistics of raw feeding, the myths, more into the scientific literature, things like that. I was like, oh, this other people might want to know. And then through researching and creating the content, I'm also teaching myself and solidifying my background and foundation. That's awesome. Do you have a science background or are you just like casually interested in all that? I don't. So I, I'm going to university this year. So I'm not like sciencey, sciencey background, but I do have a strong love for science. And I follow a lot of the people in the science community and have a strong emphasis of using the knowledge we have and of course science isn't everything right because there are so many things we don't know in the world the world's so wide and that we there's possible we know many school amounts a hundred yeah is a pillar in educating and creating a solid not argument but I guess foundation no that makes sense are you going to school for something related yes I am I'm majoring in animal science hazy goal is integrative vet but wow, I don't amazing. think the career that I'm going to has been will be going into the future has been created yet. Mm-hmm. I'll probably create a new field, whether it's created before I go into it or I create it myself, just because it's like it's it's blurry. <laughs> but it's somewhere in that area. It's yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's definitely a field that first of all, I don't know, has like had more cachet with like actual dog owners probably in the last like few years and yeah I mean I know the main struggle a lot of us go through is like how do you build a good relationship with your vetting team when you feed raw and they are taught to not like necessarily embrace that or in general like you know I had a vet first who was just like so anti-raw I think the words she said were your pug is not a wolf so I switched vets and my vet now I think is like definitely like open-minded but I wouldn't say like they have a foundation in it that they can like help me. I think that's a good career path. It's, it's really nice to work with experts because it's confusing, which is why we're doing a whole podcast about it. Um, let's talk about that transition for Stormy. So you said that she hasn't been fed raw all her life. So when did you like look at these accounts and like decide that that was the right choice and what factors like helped you make that decision? At this time, Stormy, she wasn't on the high quality kill or anything. She was things online blue buffalo i literally now knew nothing so i was just feeding whatever right and we were having a real problem with getting her to eat and i would literally have to be force feeding her like come on let's eat mixing it with fish all the sinking stuff just to get her to eat anything she was like i'm i'm good she was overweight at the time too so that probably was a factor in it she was probably like i don't need to eat i had watched pet fooled which a wonderful documentary i think it's on amazon prime now when i was visiting some family friends and that was a big milestone or kind of shifting point for me of like oh that's probably why she's not eating these things and I remember 
fast forwarding through the documentary and stopping at the pre-made raw brands and screenshotting and like i'm gonna buy that brand and so one of the brands i showed it was dr royal i believe she was feeding darwin's and so it stopped ex exactly at the point so i could see the brand clearly because they didn't show it clearly i was like i need to know i don't know and i had ordered darwin's and i it was coming but her transition story is a little crazy too as well it wouldn't come for i don't know x amount of days and we were going on a family rv trip and i was like she's not going to be fed kibble and at this time we had our family dog hoover too and he was a puppy and i'm like i'm gonna transition two dogs on a family rv trip for a whole week and so i made my dad drive me to hmart and got all the diy supplies and i prepped and the whole rv trip or the whole rv freezer was packed with diy raw food meals and of course they're transitioning so they're having diarrhea poops and we're <laughs> down on a six hour trip and all of a sudden we're like oh it kind of stinks and we turn around and poor hoover he's like a five month old puppy is waddling down the rv aisle having diarrhea and I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. Thankfully, my mom put on her mom pants and we like pulled over to the side and she just like cleaned it up somehow in a matter of minutes. But yeah, so the whole trip, they were having the Rocket Butt episodes because they were transitioning. It was new food to them. And that's how they transitioned. <laughs> Don't recommend it at all, but that's what happened. Oh my God. I love the circumstances of all times to do this big thing. You're like, you know what's a perfect time during an RV trip? <laughs> and I remember my mom was like, how about you wait a week? Let's just yeah. have the RV trip and then you can do it when you come back. And I was like, no, we're going to do it now. Oh, man. Sounds like you and Stormy have a few sassy bits in common. I love it. All right. Let's talk back to your account. I would love to hear how you started like seeing growth in your account and like what that inspired you to do um, maybe during that transition to like educational content as well. I attended. A, a raw dog food conference forget the name in chicago in 2018 and that's when i started making educational content and that's when i started seeing the growth in my account and really mm. saw that there was a niche and need for more educational content surrounding fresh food for dogs and of course now there's a wealth of information but even with as many people that we have i still think we need more content creators and credible educators and storytellers in the community and especially just everybody's way of learning is different and so even if i'm touching on a same topic two or three other people have already talked about maybe the way that i'm wording it or in a video or in a blog or in a podcast or whatever is going to be better suited for that person's learn how they learn individually yeah 100 i think that's so true and why it's great um that you have so many different ways of doing it so is that how kind of you started on like the podcast and other and your blog like in other avenues of like expressing your information you just were like maybe other people want to hear it a different way yeah definitely because for me personally i have a mixed version of learning sometimes i learn better through reading sometimes i learn better from visual videos audio etc and it also gives me a chance to dive deeper into some topics or just give a little digestible picks just here's the rundown here's what you need to know under a minute video or if you do want the science and the deeper explanation you can read the article and for that podcast honestly i just made it so for me podcasts are the biggest hack, all right? Creating this podcast because whenever is it socially acceptable to reach out to a random person and be like, I want to talk to you for an hour of just give me your time and I'm going to ask you any questions I want. So honestly, that's why I created the podcast. I actually love that because obviously I've like seen the guests you've had on there. And yeah, I feel like they must be stoked. 
<laughs> to like talk to you and then obviously for your listeners that's like such it, you get access to like an industry expert and to you who already like has so much like information of your own it's honestly awesome it's a triple win scenario i win the guest wins the audience wins everyone wins oh yeah and that's the best way to do it i think instagram is quite limited like obviously i know it's how a lot of people like start off or like you know get big but yeah in a podcast you can like really delve deep like you said and um obviously there's just like so many different ways like i love your blog and as much as instagram is super inspirational whatever but like if i need to like you know search something and be like um I need help with this like that's when blogs are just like so much easier to just like have near you as you're like (laughs) doing your stuff definitely yeah Um, I also just wanted to get into maybe like some other topics you talk about on your Instagram. I know advocacy is a big part of um, things for you. And I've seen a lot of posts kind of like addressing dog ownership with like these issues. Why do you think it's important to talk about like on top of all of the like science and raw information you have? As a queer Korean American woman, right? My philosophy as a platform is I strive to create accessible and inclusive environment every aspect so with your girl's intersectional identity i found a way to merge it into my platform as well which i'm so thankful for because i it is such a huge pillar of my identity and life and something i am so interested in and so you know rather than creating a whole another creative channel for me to funnel that energy in i found a way to incorporate into something i've already created and that needs the voice and has a need for this conversation i agree i mean i love dog instagram but obviously as many industries is just like you know doesn't have necessarily that much diversity so it's always awesome to actually hear from hear from voices and their experiences and I know you've also talked about like climate change and environmental factors as well is that something you're passionate about too definitely so I feel like those two topics right things like more activism and even climate change people kind of turn a blind eye to sometimes because they make people feel uncomfortable but right I'm first thing I'm Gen Z so what do you expect but climate change is so it kind of weaves itself into activism as well because climate change right it's not only hurting the planet wildlife environment our security as humans but it's also a overall human right issue right issue because the it's affecting wealth inequality racial issues lgbtqa gender issues disability issues like i said earlier it's an overall human right issue and so all these systemic problems maybe i'm rambling apologies no i love it all these systemic problems lead to so many vital communities being left out of the conversation and though i don't represent all those communities i think opening the conversation about them and shedding light on it is a way to move forward and evolve and have a better more inclusive future and hopefully stop this awful climate change (laughs) when you do feed raw meat diet you do use a lot of raw meat and that is a factor of greenhouse emissions right but hey these are the ways that you can perhaps reduce it small steps that everybody can take in their daily lives and corporations will hopefully save our planet so we can live in a biodiverse healthy planet (laughs) it's yes grim but not hopeless yes exactly I feel like uh my partner and I going through that right now just like 
how do we move beyond the grim into just like doing something? Like you said, you just need an opportunity to share information with your audience. Like you said, they're divisive topics, but that's why it's important to bring them up wherever you have an audience. <laughs> Let's get into raw. Let's get into the advice. Maybe this is like what people were waiting for. And I'm personally really excited to dig into your brain. Um, before we get started, is there any like, I don't know, things that you like to put forward in general that people should be considering when digesting information about raw? Yes. So hearing about fresh food diet can seem so overwhelming. I remember when I was first diving into the research and you just get sucked into the wormhole and it's information overload. So if you are feeding a dry food diet bite-sized pieces you know kibble boosters are a great place to start any amount of fresh food is better than none also that every dog is a unique individual so honestly some dogs don't do great on raw and if that is somewhere that your raw feeding journey takes you that just accept it that's what your dog needs and that's what they need as an individual I think that's a great place to get started. What are the benefits of fresh food and then also the benefits of like raw specifically? Yeah, so fresh food, right? The big question is always what's so great about it? And so what it's composed of are things like raw meaty bones, organs, raw uh, eggs, fish, things such as that. And a lot of times what people owners will see is things such as improved digestion, gut health, dental hygiene, energy levels, skin and coat health and also smaller waist. And there's also my favorite part of it is the added benefit of customization. So since you are literally, if you're doing DIY raw, you control everything that is going into the bowl. So it's highly customizable to your dog's need, especially if they have lots of sensitivities or certain things that they can't eat because of health issues. So it's literally tailored to the dog. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I would love to just go through all these different kind of like feeding options that people have. Kibble, obviously, um, I think a lot of people kind of have this idea that like people who are like raw advocates or whatever are like super anti-kibble. But I know that's not the case for you necessarily because like you said, everybody's different. So do you have anything to share about like maybe how you can take kibble feeding if that's like affordable and convenient to you and maybe like shush it up a little bit yeah so yeah there definitely are eroffing purists but we are inclusive all diets on this platform (laughs) (laughs) but if you do feed kibble obviously feeding the highest quality possible whatever that means for you and then kibble boosters are my favorite thing so kibble boosters are essentially adding in any amount of fresh food you can and by any amount i really mean up to 20 percent because then you don't need to balance it and it makes it easier on you so items such as eggs tin sardines leafy greens berries and then always making sure you're adding that hydration source since kibble does not have a lot of hydration in it whether it's warm water bone broth goat milk coconut water things in that nature just to add that moisture back into the food and that's a really easy way to make the meal more nutritious adding in fresh food and it's also more exciting for the dog to eat it because they're getting these new things if you're eating the same thing every day probably not gonna be so excited to eat unless you're a lab i know there's definitely those dogs that like are fine eating it every day but variety is so fun i love feeding my dogs and seeing what they gravitate towards first and like get excited about have you explored cook diets at all on your channel i have not as much but i 
I have done a cook diet with our other dog, Hoover, just because he was going through a period of time. He had a TPLO surgery recently, and he was, he was having a little bit of period of time where he was having a hard time with his appetite just because all of his pain meds and he was hurting. And so he did go on a cook diet for a while. And so I have resources I can point people to, but it's more focused on, I mean, I guess it is focused on that, just not as laser pointed as other topics. It's like vaguely mentioned though. I always mention it. <laughs> is there anything you want to say about people who are like are considering cook versus kibble or versus raw yeah so if your dog isn't being successful on a raw diet cooked diets are a fantastic option a lot of times whether it's they're just having a harder time with digesting it or whatever it's going to be a little bit more softer on their systems and especially with dogs with certain gi ailments or more serious health issues cooked diets are a really good way to it's going to be tasty to them it's going to be nutritious it's still going to be fresh but then you have that reduced bacterial load so if they can't handle it for whatever that's still a fantastic option definitely get into the rabbit obviously people transition for all sorts of reasons what's like the most common that like you've seen with like your audience i would say it's about 50 50 so 50 50 percent of the time they're dealing with yeast issues allergies skin issues etc and then 50 percent of the time they discovered it and want to do it with their dog how do you know if it's the right fit for your dog so if we're taking a healthy dog let's take a healthy dog first right that's going to be the most basic and they're having a really hard time transitioning now the transition time can take longer depending on some dogs but if you're just noticing they're really not loving it and really not feeling well i would say try cook diet and compare and contrast are they doing so much better on this diet than they were the raw usually if they don't do good on raw they'll do good on cooked so i would say you know your dog best as your owner we all know their little idiosyncrasies and their little tiny quirks and so i you know i only can help so much because you're the person that watches them day and night and knows every little thing about them so if they you are really noticing that oh maybe they're not loving feeling so great on this try cooked of course you know some dogs do better on kibble honestly it works for your time budget your lifestyle and maybe they do do perfectly fine and you're just adding kibble boosters or moisture back in. I know a lot of people, there's a lot of debate about like mixing kibble and like raw, like a 50-50. Do you have any idea on the topic and what what's best? Yeah, so the topic you're talking about is usually when they're concerned with mixing kibble and fresh because the digestion rate and the pH level. Yeah. And there's no clear answer because there hasn't really been any scientific studies on this and with measuring specifically pH and digestion rate, right? And the few studies out there on digestion are usually the metabolism of certain drugs. But what is known is that the gastric pH is going to be acidic whether they're raw fed or not. Because if it was alkaline, they couldn't digest their food and it would result in malnutrition because they couldn't break down the nutrients. Mm. It is a drastic pH, which isn't confirmed, but, you know, something for the future. A health digestive system should be able to absorb the nutrients because it's not going to be like a traffic jam. It's not, I'm going to, you know, it's not going to block anything because a healthy digestive system is going to be able to digest things at different rates. For example, raw meat and raw edible bones are going to break down at different rates. But it's also not a all or nothing mindset. You know, if you are worried about that, obviously that is something you do it. And even though what I'm saying isn't quelling your worries, you can feed not raw things like cooked eggs, tinned sardines, fruits, vegetables, and that also works as well. Yeah, that's fair. In terms of just like, you know, maybe your budget, like, like you can't do 100% raw 
but you want to incorporate like some raw elements, like what do you think about the 50-50 mix that some people might want to try? Yeah, the 50-50 is also a great option. There are some caveats that come with 50-50 though versus kibble boosters. So since it is more than 20%, you are using the 50% of the raw food portion or fresh food portion for essential nutrients as they're making up more of the bowl. So you're going to have to make sure that that part is balanced as well as the kibble. And the kibble part's usually easy because it's you already buy a balance. But if you do pre-made, you have to make sure that it's going to be AFCA balance and not simply just the 80-10-10 ratio mix. And if you're doing DIY, you're going to want to make sure that you're adding in all the essential nutrient supplements that you're going to need to fill in any nutrient gaps. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of like pre-made versus DIY, in terms of like working on that balance, like what do you recommend? Like obviously pre-made is a little bit more accessible. DIY can take a little bit more work, but like you said, has more flexibility. Um, How do you determine for somebody like what's the right direction to go? So I'll kind of go through down my my checklist of the comparison of two. Pre-made is going to be much more convenient if you're buying a already pre-balanced pre-made you just plop it in the bowl you defrost it plop it in the bowl and you're done diy it's going to take much more time and commitment and if you don't have a meal plan or clear instructions of what to add there's going to be some math involved and you're going to have to sit down and do some work essentially pre-made is also going to be much more beginner friendly of course like i said you just defrost plop it in the meal that's what i usually recommend people transition their dogs with since you're so overwhelmed with absorbing all this information that having to worry about balancing too can just be a whole hot mess and DIY again like I said there's a lot of work that goes into it but it can be done the good thing about DIY is that it is much more cost effective since pre-made is already balanced it's in that perfect little hamburger patty shape and all you do have to do is defrost and plop in the meal it's gonna be expensive <laughs> so that's kind of the downside and another thing is DIY can be much more customizable. So depending on the pre-made, you get some ingredients your dog may be sensitive to or you're trying to avoid. So DIY is going to be the most customizable out of any option. Mm-hmm. Are you like also in terms of like pre-made, I feel like it's like kind of a burgeoning industry. Are you worried that like the concerns of like the pet fool documentary are going to like transfer to pre-made? Is that something people should be like looking into when picking a brand? Definitely. There's a lot of pre-made raw drama i see more and more iffy brands popping up so you do have to be aware just because they state that is it is complete balance you don't have to add anything that's not always true unfortunately make sure you know where they're sourcing and also where are you sourcing from so are you sourcing from a butcher that probably isn't balancing it or a company that has nutritional analysis and is afco balanced So certain things like that you just need to keep in mind when you're searching for pre-made raw. Makes sense. Um, I'd love to talk about the best strategies to balance because obviously that is the the source of pain. (laughs) If you're a dog owner, because obviously you want your dog to be healthy, you want to get them off, you know, kibble ideally, but with that comes a bunch of new things you have to keep in mind what are your tips to like help new raw people like learn how to balance their meals with diy raw feeders if you're only feeding 80 percent muscle meat 10 percent bone 10 percent organ with no extras there's going to be essential nutrient deficiencies the most common are going to be zinc manganese iodine vitamin e vitamin d and then omega-3s so we have dha epa and ala and depending on 
what cuts you're feeding, the protein, etc. It may be more, but these are just the overall umbrella most common. And these are also going to be the most common in 80-10-10 ratio grains as well. So a lot of times premiums will be like, yeah, this is complete. You can just feed this, but there it's gonna be lacking. You can either use whole food sources or supplement sources depending on where you are, sourcing availability, price, etc. Basically how many calories you're feeding following NRC guidelines, which is the National Research Council, you can do some math and figure out how much will need to be added into your dog's meal. Now that's the hard version or you can just pay somebody and get a meal plan then does all the work for you but I do like to tell owners that it is possible and you can do it. It's just whether or not you want to. Are there any like fresh foods that maybe are like more accessible that people can consider to like help with these uh, these potential like gaps? Yeah, so we can go through each individual nutrient, just the most common ones. And I can kind of briefly touch on that. I'll start with zinc, right? So usually the most common sources are canned oysters. The thing with oysters, they're freaking expensive. So personally, I'm using a zinc picolinate supplement because it's nice, expensive. Yeah. That's just, I'm throwing that out there. It's so much cheaper. You, it lasts forever. Highly recommend that instead of oysters. And you're just getting the complete thing. And honestly, I use canned oysters that I have from Amazon that are the only like, you know, sauce-free, salt-free thing I could find. They are so gross. They smell disgusting. Yeah. And even my dogs are like, okay, we'll eat them. But they're not yeah. their favorite. Yeah, that's another thing my dogs wouldn't eat them so I'm like you know what this isn't the worst thing in the world because I used to get them from HMart and the ones from HMart they're de-shelled but they're raw so you have to steam them and it made the kitchen smell real nasty and I don't have a steamer so I was boiling water and just plopping the bowl in there and holding it above with some pliers and some water would get in and it was so gross but I was like I just need to steam it I just need to cook it and then this is <laughs> yeah not ideal then the next nutrient the most common one would be manganese and those can be sourced from foods such as blue lip mussels or green tripe black black chili or i don't know if it's black chili mussels but black mussels also will help work as well blue slash black mussels and then green tripe and then also you can also use a manganese supplement as well next we have iodine the most common sources are going to be kelp and then you can also use pure iodine drops i know some dogs have kelp sensitivity so having just that pure source of iodine can be beneficial for whoever needs that and then we got delving into the vitamins now we have vitamin e and usually it is in some amounts in nuts and seeds which sometimes i'll get messages of how much you know almonds or sunflower seeds do i need to add for to get my vitamin e content and you can do that but the amount is so much it's going to be so calorically dense it's just easier to use a vitamin e oil so the now vitamin e oil is pretty much what all raw feeders use yeah that makes sense because they are very calorically dense uh next we got vitamin d and this is kind of a two for one because the whole food source of vitamin d are going to be things such as mainly fish so it's sardines, Atlantic mackerel, salmon, and then you also have omega-3s in that too. So fish, you usually can cover your omega-3s and your vitamin D, or you can use pure vitamin D drops as well. That works. And then for our omega-3s, our three main ones are going to be EPA, DHA, which is usually the most common omega-3s that everybody knows, and then ALA, which is 
from usually from plants so things such as hemp chia seeds flax seeds to balance that ala content and that the epdha is usually coming from fish or fish oil yeah so those are all like great ideas those are pretty much all i what i put in my pre-mades as well it also just you know makes you feel like a little bit of a wizard when you're adding all your little fresh elements on top you're making your spells yeah exactly I know you also on your blog and on your channel share a lot of like recipes for little like toppers and stuff or things that you could put on top of raw. What are your favorite ones that you want to share here? My favorite recipes are probably bone broth and my veggie mixes. So they're really easy to make. Anybody can usually make them with the things that they already have in their house. They don't take too much time and they add so much to the pole and they can be used in any diet cable can freeze-dried cooked raw whatever love it yeah i think i've used your yellow mix at one point and i love that you can like kind of take any vegetable and just like make it like something delicious for your dogs i would also love to i don't know just like talk about your different channels your blog your podcast instagram and maybe if you have any highlights that you'd want to share sure so our main platform is instagram that's where i started and that's where i have the most following i guess And that's kind of more of kind of turning into more of a reels because I can monetize on it. (laughs) And also it's just more of a quick, easy, bite-sized pieces of information. Then we have our YouTube channel, which I also share usually all the video content there because I'm trying to monetize that as well. But then sometimes if I have the energy and willpower, I will make a longer video. But I say this so many times everywhere. I hate editing, so it's really hard for me to make video. Oh my god. Yeah, people have asked me, they're like, Oh, do you put your podcasts on YouTube? And I just I'm like, I do not want to mess with it. Like I just I work so hard to edit the podcast. And I'm just like, I can't do it twice. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's then we have the raw blog, which is more in depth articles, more deep dives and recipes, kind of a podge of stuff. That's where the what's really in the bag series is more nuanced articles such as diving into specific supplements, things on like how to balance ratio diets, things like that where you need links and study more conversation and explanation that can't really be done in a minute video. And then we have the podcast, which is basically where I get to talk to whoever I want (laughs) for however long I want and ask whatever questions I want. It's really, it's revolved around raw feeding, of course, and just holistically being a lot of times we have guests and then I'm planning on doing more solo episodes too because I do have some out already but it's more fun for me when I have a guest I feel you I just love talking it's so much more fun yeah when you talk about myself I'm like am I talking for too long but I guess I'm the only one talking if I'm doing a solo episode yeah and you realize like you're you think you're talking forever and it's only like a few minutes you're like I've been talking for three minutes wow are there any blog posts that you'd like really recommend or any podcast episodes people should check out sure so the most popular or most requested there we go yeah blog posts are probably the ratio diets on how to balance them uh, Rafini puppies. I go over overviews, tips, resources, and then I also have this is kind of my favorite article is the benefits of switching to raw. And the reason why I like this so much is because I always update it with the recent scientific literature on raw dog food. So when I started four years ago, there was barely any fresh feeding literature out there and with the more and more increasing every single time there's a new one or I go into the article and I update it and I link it and I add a little explanation and so that's my little passion 
article, I guess, because I always go and update it and it always makes me excited. Ooh, there's a new study out. I'm gonna go add this one. And that's all linked in the homepage, so it's real easy to find. For the podcast episodes, August 1st, I don't know when this episode is airing, but with the most recent episode because my podcast rawcast podcast i have dr ian billinghurst on which he's the father of raw and he's really it was, so it was really exciting for me to talk to him very nervous i probably talk too fast but that's an episode that i'm really excited that's coming out pretty soon awesome i can't wait to listen to it and we'll link all of these pieces in the show notes is there any other like frequently asked questions that people have that maybe we should cover any other topics that you wanted to touch on i think it's important to know that fresh feeding journey is yours it's really hard not to compare your dog with somebody else's why and want to add things that maybe you see on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. Making sure you get your information from credible, reliable sources, number one. And number two, really listening to your dogs. What does your dog need? If you are adding something, make sure it's for a purpose and you're not just adding it because you saw it on TikTok. (laughs) TikTok is so intense right now with like toppers and like so much nutritional information and I'm just like we'll see if this is okay (laughs) totally feel you on that I think you know we're so lucky to be in a time where there's so much out there and you can find creators who can like really guide you and help you but there's always the other side too media literacy (laughs) is important yeah and I think one more thing I want to add you're doing fabulously already like people are so hard on themselves and I'm not doing enough for my dog I don't not doing this enough but xyz and just the fact that you care and that you're researching more and you're putting in effort is enough and you're doing such a great job I'm so proud of you and you should be so proud of yourself I love that I feel like I need it right now because I sometimes you just go through a phase where you're like are my dogs okay did I feed them something bad are they gonna be sick are they gonna gain weight like and yeah at the end of the day I think my kind of top up to what you said is you know every day is a new day and you can always like try a new path and it's okay if your dogs ate something that upset them or didn't work out or you fed them a little too much for a little bit dial it back start again exactly exactly thank you for all the great information i know this will be really helpful for people who are invested in dog nutrition it's been a i feel like now i'm like had a few episodes on nutrition and i love it i just like geek out i get so excited so i've been really it's been really awesome talking to you thank you so much it was so lovely talking to you too let's wrap up and share all the different platforms you're using to share information i'm at the raw storm pretty much everywhere so instagram facebook tiktok youtube and then our podcast rawcast podcast we have a podcast instagram you can follow it's linked on our instagram bio so it's not super hard to find and then our website therawstorm.com Awesome. So you can find like we've been discussing all sorts of different ways of sharing awesome information there. I'll have them all in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me and chatting with me and sharing your uh, wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I had such a fun time talking to you. Me too. All right. Bye. Bye. Rescue Dog Love is a project by Yamini Cohen, inspired by her rescue dog boss, who you can find on Instagram with his doggy sibling Queenie at Queenie and Boss. To keep up with the Rescue Dog Love podcast, you can follow us at rescuedoglove.com or at rescuedoglovepod on Instagram. See you next time.